Welcome to Geocache Adventures, the podcast where we explore everything geocaching. I'm your host, Shadow Dragon One. I love geocaching. If you're listening to this, you probably love it too. If you enjoy the podcast, consider sharing it with somebody that you think would love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and there's a Facebook group as well, so you can join in the fun and share your adventures. There's also a Patreon page that you can join and unlock exclusive content. Hey everybody, Amy, Shadow Dragon one here. It is November, and we are in the full holiday swing around here. Normally, this time of year, we would be taking a break from the podcast entirely, and you wouldn't have any episodes coming out. But I wanted to do things a little bit different this year, and I hope you enjoy it. One of my favorite things about the podcast is the cache highlight at the end of most episodes. Sometimes it's me sharing a cache that I have found. Most of the time, it's a guest sharing a cache that they have found or sometimes hidden. And I really love that part of the podcast. So I thought it would be fun to put together a cache highlights reel. So here are some of the cache highlights from season two. And you can find links to each of them in the show notes page. So as I believe you're aware of, we do a cache highlight every episode. And you have generously agreed to do a cache highlight for us. And it is called Amen and Pass the Penicillin. Amen and Pass the Penicillin. <laughs> Cash ID GC7QRMD. The description reads Peoria's Ag Lab, United States Department of Agriculture, Northern Regional Laboratory, 1938 till still operating. History. NCAUR was one of four regional labs set up by the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1938 when Peoria, Illinois, was chosen to host this facility named the Northern Regional Laboratory. The other regional labs set up by the 1938 Act are located in Winmore, Pennsylvania, Eastern Regional Research Center, New Orleans, Louisiana, Southern Regional Research Center, and Albany, California. Western Regional Research Center. The Northern Lab was named the National Center for Agricultural Utilization Research in 1990. The Northern Lab developed one of the first industrial production techniques for penicillin. This development was led by Andrew J. Moyer, and this early scientific accomplishment set a standard for research excellence at NCAUR generating global and enduring impact and constantly bringing credit to the United States Department of Agriculture and its Agricultural Research Service. The late agricultural researcher, Dr. Ed Bagley, who had been a professor at Washington University in St. Louis before coming to Peoria, was involved in finding new and better ways to improve the removal of carcinogens and the discontinuation of their use from corn and soy crops. Another example of their work is the development of soybeans from a small forage rotation crop to the second largest and most valuable row crop in the U.S. Operation NCAUR's 35 Current Research Projects, CRIS, are mission-driven reflecting the USDA Agricultural Research Service's national research programs. More than 250 research personnel from nearly a dozen scientific disciplines are divided into nine teams. Their charge is to use basic and applied science techniques to create ideas, knowledge, and solutions for high-priority national research programs. 
These scientists publish an average of 190 peer-reviewed journal publications submitted per year, frequent invitations to present findings at national and international meetings, and continued issuance of patents and licensed technology. Technology transfer is facilitated through numerous collaborations with universities, private industry, trade associations, and other government agencies. The NCAUR facility is also home to the headquarters of the Midwest Area of Agricultural Research Service, which includes ASR facilities in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Ohio, and Wisconsin. This one, am I correct, this is part of the Hidden History series? It is a Hidden History. However, it's not going under the normal criteria to be a Hidden History in that the building is still there. What's hidden about it is that not a lot of people know about the building's relationship to penicillin back when it was first being made. That's the hidden part of the history. Okay. Okay. And um, when people find this cache, they'll understand a little better on the naming of it. That's all I'm going to say. Moo ha ha ha. Oh, come on. Give us a hint. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could take a guess when it says amen that it, it probably has something to do with the church. <laughs> and you would be wrong. <laughs> I would be wrong, really. Okay. The, the spoiler that I'm going to give you is it's on the fringe of a cemetery. Ah, okay. And right across the street of the building that we are actually cataloging or commemorating. Okay. It's also, as a double entendre, if you want to call it that, it's also behind a statue of Jesus Christ. Oh, nice. So, it, like I said, it'll ding once you get to it and say, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> How did you come up with this cache? Um, well, again, I, I uncovered that in, in some other research that I was doing, that the penicillin was being mass produced through our, our facility here in Peoria um, back in when it was first being made or when it first got discovered because our building, the ag building, as we call it, uh, was the only place that was able to mass produce it at that time. So, and I just remember, you know, back in history, amen and pass the ammunition. So right. it just, it just kind of, <laughs> kind of fell in line with amen and pass the penicillin. Nice. I like it. Was it. Just a, it was just a bonus that Jesus Christ happened to be standing right there. <laughs> Is this a traditional cash? Now, I can't tell you everything. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. It is a traditional cache. However, it is very cleverly hidden. Okay. And I'm, I'm quoting a log. I am not boasting. <laughs> it's cleverly hidden. Okay. Well, anybody looking for it, look for Jesus and start there. <laughs> 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 so as... You both may know I have the cash highlight every episode, and you mm -hmm. both have graciously agreed to do the cash highlight for us this week. 
And the cache you sent me was called Thievery 101 Introduction to Lockpicking. Cache ID GC82AEZ. The description reads, this cache is not a park and grab. Not many know this, but during my hobo days, one of my nicknames was Picky McPickface because I was prophetic at picking locks. Another was Thunder Chicken, but that's a story for another time. Picking lock is a skill that comes in handy now and then, so I thought I would give you a chance to learn how to do it as well, but only for the purpose of the cache. You should not use this skill anywhere else. Wink, wink. As you can guess from the introduction, you are required to pick a lock to access the log. The cache contains a lock and real lock picking tools. Below you will find a summary of how locks work and how to pick one. It's not a requirement, but you may also want to watch this video for help in preparing for this cache. Not only will it show you how a lock is picked, but I found the combination of the narrator's voice and background music amusing. Despite what Biggity Bins may say, I'm a nice guy, so the lock I've chosen for you for this introductory lock picking cache is a training lock, which is transparent so that you can see the pins move as you pick the lock. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes. A Motorima <laughs> cache out in uh, Long Island. Yeah, this was a good one. Um, well, Motorimas have all been fantastic. This lock picking one was fun because we like learned a, I think a useful skill. I would yeah. say I would say lock picking is a useful skill. You can pay <laughs> sets to get your key cut, or you can buy a lock picking set that'll be good forever. Yeah. On any lock. Yeah. So this lock was cool, um, lamppost um, cache, but then to actually get the cache, you had to use the lock picking tool set that was included with the cache to pick the lock to then get the nano out of it, um, which was awesome. And it, yeah. it was a, it was like a training lock. So in the cache description, it had, you know, information and links and videos to watch to learn how to pick a lock. And uh, it was like a clear lock so you could see through it and understand like how it works. And then the follow-up cache to lockpicking 101 was lockpicking 201. Oh. <laughs> and it was just around the corner the mall parking lot. And uh, it was a lock, but it was not see-through. So you had to like feel it and oh. use your skills you picked up in 101. You can tell he's an engineer. It's just like radiating. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, oh. maybe it's biased that I picked the favorite lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the favorite cache. What kind of engineer are you? I'm a mechanical engineer. I so, am too, actually. <laughs> oh, <yeah. All> right. <laughs> you would love this cash. Yeah. I, I, when I pulled up the description, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish this was near me because this looks so fun. Yeah, it was cool. Not to brag, I got it like 30 seconds. Yeah, you were good. Yeah. You were yeah. good. And then, and then what did I do? I said, Lock it oh, back yeah. up. <laughs> I gotta stop it too before we can open the cache. <laughs> Ten minutes later, Nick still had open the lock. At that point, we were committed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we we did. I was like, go back, but then he got it, and then yeah. lock picking to a one or two, three to a one, whatever it was. Um, we were like, okay. We can redo this, but we're signing the log before we lock it back. <laughs> <laughs> Should there be any challenges? Actually, but, I think you got that one. Yeah, but for the record, we both did unlock 201. Okay, babe. We both did it. <laughs> for the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Just made no, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Very nice. So what 
kind of, so was it, I'm trying to picture this in my head. So it had a lock over some sort of container that you opened to get to the Nano. Is that how it works? Um, actually, it was just like a padlock. And then where the U of the padlock is, there was a Nano in a PVC pipe. So oh. if you unlocked it, then it would like slide out basically, kind of. Okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, small. It was really smart. Yeah. Can we highlight a second cache too? Sure, go for it. Yeah, the uh, the Motorima Industries. Okay, nearby, also, three miles away in this enclave of Long Island um, with only the best. And Motorima Industries, this is our first like super cool field puzzle. Um, we can I, give you I, the, the GC code too, so you can look it up. I don't Perfect. Know what to say, but other than it's super awesome, it was, I don't want to say anything because it'll give okay. it away. But yeah, the GC code, GC7BMTC. Definitely worth going to. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Like, literally within five miles, you can do so much. So it was it was an absolute delight. Yeah, you know, had no idea what would we expect. Uh, hundred percent delighted yeah. from it. And you got to try the tuna casserole. Yeah, you got to try the tuna casserole. Yeah, tuna must casserole. try the tuna casserole. <laughs> Is it a tuna noodle casserole or just straight up tuna casserole? Nope, can't say anything You'll else. You'll have to go to London. <laughs> when COVID is over, come out to Brooklyn. Bring your bagels. Call the park and Motorima Industries about Long Island. Oh, that sounds like fun. Well, I definitely hope to get out there to see Bring Your Bagels and check out <laughs> all these awesome caches you've told me about for sure. Yeah. And I will definitely put the links to both the caches that you guys told us about in the cash no in the in the sh in the cash notes in the show notes. <laughs> put the cash notes in the show notes. Maybe I'll get that right. That's what editing's for. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so, is there anything else you both would like to share with us? No, I think just remember to bring your pen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably that is, the I, other advice we have. I think it's great that you guys actually, when you forgot the pen, said, okay, we can't do this, and then went back out a different day to actually sign it. Because I can't days. tell you. Two different days. Two different days. That is commitment. Because I cannot tell you. pen. <laughs> <laughs> How many cash? I've seen so many logs from so many different cashers that's like found the cash forgot my pen found <laughs> just marked yeah. it as a found online and move on so yeah. that's that's pretty awesome that you guys were that committed that you went out twice <laughs> and bought a pen along the way the third time yeah <laughs> that is pretty awesome that's i like that yeah. <laughs> okay so every episode we do a cash highlight and you have graciously agreed to highlight a cache for us. And you have chosen the grotto. Cache ID GC9CBB. This is a virtual cache and the description just contains the logging requirements. So if you're interested in what those are, uh, head over to the cache page and check that out. So this was in uh, Tennessee, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It's good if you go to... Memphis, Tennessee, look up favorites, and this will be at the top of the list. This is in a cemetery, and this family built this grotto um, in tribute to a family member. And it, you walk through this, they're all vignettes of different scenes of Christ and uh, religious vignettes. Um, it very 
the the colors I've seen in in your photo there are those from different colored lights or are those natural colors of the stone? No, it's lit. It, this is all man made. Oh, okay. Yep, this is all man-made inside there. Um, I mean, the, even when you come up to it, they've got um, a bridge that goes over this little moat area that is all man-made. Um, it, it's very, very well done. It by far it is my favorite cache that I have ever been to. It is, it, it's incredible. So the, go to Memphis, Tennessee, and look for the grotto. The the picture you have looks beautiful, and it, it is actually. That's one of the places this summer we were supposed to go last year, and we're hoping we get to go this year, and that's on the list of things to do, fingers crossed, whenever we do finally get to make that trip, so. It's the beauty of geocaching. Yeah. Who, who would go to a cemetery to check out, you know, <laughs> who would think that there would be something like this in a cemetery? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Talk yeah. about a hidden gem. Absolutely. Well, as you may be aware, we Very do the cash aware. highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Very aware. I have loved listening to your shows. I uh, binge listened to them uh, on a trip I was taking. And uh, yep, very aware of where we're going now. You have graciously agreed to do the cash highlight for us. And the cash is called Tear Down This Wall. Yes, it is. And the cash ID is GC7. B A five six. The description reads Welcome to the Reagan Library, a true Simi Valley gym. You will be embarking on the outdoor tour of this beautiful campus, stopping at several interesting sites along the way. There are three ways to enjoy your tour audio tour, self guided tour, geo tour. Secret word At each stop along the tour, you will be gathering two letters of the alphabet to help fulfill your first of two login requirements. Please take care in recording the letters at each stop. There is a handy worksheet in the map and information document. You may wish to snap photos in case you need to double check your work while completing this login requirement at the end of the tour. Of course, these spoiler photos should never be posted. Login requirement, email the secret word and email or post in your log a photo of you face not required at your favorite spot on the grounds without revealing any spoilers of the secret word. This is a reward virtual set by my friend ShareVer64. And I think when geocaching.com decided to reward virtuals, to bring back virtuals, this is probably what they had in mind. Uh, she did this at the Reagan Library. Uh, what makes this extremely unique is that you could do it with a GPS by going to waypoint to waypoint to waypoint. You could print out a map and then take the instructions and she will walk you from waypoint to waypoint to waypoint. Or, and this is the really unique part, she put together a YouTube video so you can uh, either listen to it or watch it as she takes you from waypoint to waypoint from waypoint, you know, saying, uh, here you are, and now walk down to the first stop, which is Ronald Reagan on his on his horse. And it, like everything ShareBear64 does, and I am the self-appointed president of the ShareBear64 uh, fan club. <laughs> she just did a magnificent job on this. And uh, let's see, it has 
how many fines. It has 42 favor points. Um, and if somebody didn't give it a favor point, they must not have had any because it really is a fabulous, fabulous job is, that she did with this. It's six waypoints on this it's, tour? It's six waypoints on the tour, taking you to the horse, taking you to a grove, taking you to uh, where there used to be at F-14. <laughs> this is actually a little funny side story. She takes you to all these waypoints and you think, you know, these are going to be here forever, like an F-14. My guns, five of the six waypoints that she took you to have been removed and taken someplace else, including the F-14. <laughs> so she's constantly having to go back up there and, uh, and redo this a little bit <laughs> to take wow. you to different places. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous place to walk. It's a fabulous uh reward virtual and she actually kind of set the tone for reward virtuals in ventura county so other people who have gotten them have done more than just go to a place and tell me you know who the artist is uh we have some pretty good ones one unfortunately um it's still active but quite adjusted because it also burned down in a brush fire but oh uh, yeah so and for That's... anybody that wants to check this out, if you do, it, now she was very clever with this because even if you do go to YouTube and watch the video, my understanding of this is you can't claim the virtual still because you can't meet the criteria without actually going to the physical location. That is correct. So she, she added a really neat element to the geocache but kept it to where you still had to stay true to the game and go to the physical locations which is kind of the whole point of geocaching it, it absolutely is she added that little special element that at each of these uh at each of these waypoints you have to collect a little piece of information and then uh take these letters and jump unjumble them into a word and you have to email her that word. You know, it's very, very clever. She, uh, the reason she got this, and she got this her first year geocaching, um, she said after, after finding about 700 geocaches, she set the PL series, uh, which I believe is nine geocaches on a little two mile walk around her neighborhood. Very clever geocaches, which she does a great job maintaining. And, uh, and I think, the algorithm that was being used at the time uh, identified her as being being um, worthy of a reward virtual, and she took it seriously and did a great job on it. That's awesome. Well, every week here we do the cash highlight, and yeah. you have graciously agreed to do this with me. And the cash that you chose was called Simon Says, correct? Yes. Yes. Cash ID GC5PTYV, difficulty 3, terrain 2. The description reads, this is a multi-cache based on the 1978 electronic memory game Simon. In order to solve and log this cache, you must do what Simon says. Please bring three AA batteries with you. At one of the stages, you will find the combination to a lock along with the coordinates to the next stage. 
please make sure to write that combination down. Once you reach the final stage, you will look for a birdhouse. Undo the latch with the combination and swing open the face of the birdhouse to reveal the game. Insert your AA batteries and the lights will begin to blink. Press any button to begin the game. If the sun is shining directly on the buttons, they may be a bit dim. Putting your shadow on the buttons will help. Simon will flash a random single light. You must copy what Simon does and press the same color. Each time you successfully copy Simon, it will add one new color to the end of the sequence. When you successfully complete the tenth sequence, the lights will flash in the combination to access the log. The combination sequence repeats, so you don't have to worry if you miss it the first time. So tell me about what, what is this one? What does Simon Says? So Simon Says um, is put out by a cacher who has, he has actually quite a few great gadget type caches, and this is one of many he has. Simon Says, so it is not only a gadget cache, it is a uh, multi multi cache. Oh. So it is in an apple orchard. So Comet did come with me to that one. I think both of yeah, Clementine too, both of them. And I, there may be the picture of that one in the book of the, the final stage. So you at the beginning of the apple orchard, you the the cache coordinates, there was information for the next stage, coordinates for the next stage. So I think there was maybe like four or five stages throughout this apple orchard that you okay. would walk to and you would search and find, it may have been on like little dog tags. The, the coordinates were embossed in little dog tags hanging oh. in, most of them were dog tags. It was a couple years ago that we did this one. There was one little red herring in there along the way. So we have to do a little backtracking to get the correct information to continue on to the next, the next stage, which was fun. And then the final stage um, <clears throat> was a Simon Says type game, like the game back in the 70s, 80s, Simon. The, uh, the one with the four colors. Right, and it would, it would flash a sequence and you would have to flash the sequence. So this game, you had to do the sequence maybe up to like 10, 10 flashes of different colors. Um, and then wow. once, you, once you got the sequence, sequence correct, the cache container opened and then there was the log to sign. So that was kind of fun because it was a combination of, it was a beautiful place to walk. We were there, um, it wasn't during apple picking season, but it was, spring or summer so it was it was it was nice to walk in that time of year um and then uh, the fun of having the game to do at yeah. the end to get to the log so that's that's one of my favorites that sounds like a pretty interesting one yeah and that's in um <clears throat> central massachusetts yeah that one so we had to drive a little bit hour hour and a half to get to that one but it was worth it <laughs> Sounds like it. Definitely sounds. I love those creative caches, and, and it took you. It sounds like it took you to a beautiful place. Yeah, and gave you an awesome cache. You got the best of both right there. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Bring dogs, and you know, <clears throat> and that apple orchard. They also had 
I don't know if they still do, but they had like a story walk there. Oh. Pages of a book. And it was like a book about, I think, I didn't look real closely, but it was like about apples or growing apples. Some or related really, yeah. apple orchards. So that was another nice little highlight there. In That's that cute. And then the dog tags just seem so appropriate for, for Comet <laughs> geocaching. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a good one. I'll have to go back there. It's still active now, that cache. So even though we did it a few years ago. If I ever make it up that way, I will definitely have to check All right, that I one got out. Lots of good ones. I got lots of good ones out there. <laughs> Each episode there's a cache highlight. And when I asked you, you mentioned that you did an ape cache that was very memorable. And I think everybody would love to hear about that because they are very few and far in between these days. Cash code GC1169. Difficulty rating 1, terrain rating 3. The description reads, This cache is an ape project cache, a cache hidden with permission for the Planet of the Apes promotion in 2001. Mountain, Bike, and Jeremy were the original covert placers of the cache, but Mountain Bike has since taken over complete ownership. When the cache was placed, it contained a torch from the movie. The description in green below is the original description for the cache. Project Ape success continues as our movement continues to grow beyond what we ever thought possible. For this mission, we are heading back to the Northwest where we are sure to keep our momentum going. Our confidence as a group is growing, but don't let our past success blind us to the constant threat we face. We still hear and receive daily reports of undercover federal agents starking our team. Remain diligent and stay alert. Remember, anyone you don't know is a possible enemy to our mission. Below is our field agent's report for the mission at hand. This mission is not going to be an easy one. The hike will not be as scenic as some of the other missions, but you will be on a great adventure. You'll need to wear a good pair of waterproof boots or an old pair of sneakers. A flashlight is necessary even if you go during the day. This is a creepy, historical, and very cool spot. Be ready for a unique hike, but beware because in parts you'll be sitting ducks for the authorities. So move fast and keep a good eye on your back to make sure you're not tailed. Good luck. Yes, if for the listeners who don't know, uh, there was a very old geocaching type called an ape cache that was put out for some anniversary of the Planet of the Apes. A movie series and I thought there was like only five or six I don't know they were placed around the world and some of them have been uh, have disappeared and archived so there's very few remaining uh, of those and there was one and it's back again uh, near uh, headquarters uh, in Seattle's in Seattle. <clears throat> and I went to uh, the last ground speak block party they had. And as part of that event, they also had an ape event. And uh, the thing about the, the uh, cache to reach it, you have to hike or bike through this two mile abandoned railroad tunnel through the middle of a mountain and there's no lights on the inside so you're going in total darkness if you, you know, you've got uh, flashlights with you you can see maybe the other end of the tunnel 
and a little light and you hike through that for two miles and you get on the outside other uh, the outside other end and it's a, just a breathtaking view of the mountains and the the uh one of the original ape caches is there i found uh, a replica because the original had been lost or stolen but they did recover it so now if you go back there you get to uh find their very original uh ape cache that was placed uh years ago so it's a strenuous hike to get there it's very rewarding thinking this is a very rare geocache to get and if anyone ever has the opportunity i would suggest doing that and just make sure you're able to hike that length or rent a bike or something to go through it that definitely bring a flashlight along with yes. you as well and, and, and water and food and all that. <laughs> wow wow so you're looking at four miles round trip a beautiful scenic view and a rare geocache yes wow yes. so okay so when you get through this tunnel what are we looking for is it i i mean are, are you getting all the way over there and then you got to look for a nano or is it something oh no it's a, <laughs> it's a huge ammo can okay and it's not hidden to you know to where you you struggle to find it it's i i forgot thousand feet or twelve thousand or twelve hundred feet away from the tunnel opening okay uh, and it's easy to find it's just a it's a uh there's some a big stump and rocks and it's it's chained down now so it's not going to go anywhere uh so it's and if you go in an event like that so i, I went with uh, as a, an event so there are a lot of other ev event uh attendees going through the tunnel and uh, meeting on the other end and so we were all signing the log taking turns uh, and, so it, and I, I kind of recommend that too so just in case you had any problems there are others around to help you out uh, going in or out or finding the cash so when you did it as the event like how roughly how many others were, were there in the tunnel with you looking for this cash oh gosh uh, I don't know I mean there, there, there's probably at least 300 or more uh people that day not all at the same time but and as i'm walking we've got i've got people passing me uh sometimes i'm passing people but so there's every 50 100 feet at least there's a, a uh two or three others uh hiking through the tunnel it's quite a busy day for that tunnel, I imagine. <laughs> yes, and so the, you know, other in uh, people kind of sit down and, and visit, uh, and it just it gets a little bit of a it was a little bit of a party atmosphere uh, going in and out. That's really neat. Thank you so much for talking with me today and and telling us more about your app and sharing your eight cash experience with us. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and doing that. Well, I, I appreciate you having me. It's it's uh, it was fun to meet you at MoGa, and it, it's uh, fun to talk about things like this.
it 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 was it, so you are one of the very few interviewees that I've actually got to meet in person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was nice to get to meet you there and, and talk to you a little bit and finally meet Mike. Cause that was the first time I've met him, even though I have texted with him and talked to him on the phone a few times. So yes. it, it was nice getting to meet both of you there. And I hope MOGA went well for you. Yes. Uh, I hadn't been to MOGA for many years and, and, since the pandemic, I hadn't done any events, so it was a good time for me to, uh, to finally get back out and go to a, a mega event. So every episode, we do a cache highlight, and you have graciously agreed to highlight a cache for us. So can you tell us what is the name of this geocache? Uh, the name of the cache is called Phone Booth. Cache code gc 87 W W six difficulty rating for terrain rating 1.5. The description reads, welcome to phone booth where you can step into a piece of nostalgic history. This is a gadget smart cache. You need to figure out what you have to do to find the log and sign it. The geocache does not need to be taken apart, pried open or otherwise disassembled in any way. No tools are required to open this cache other than your geosenses and some spare change. Gently manipulate things on the cache. The cache will open when the correct solution has been found. Please be sure to put everything back exactly the way you found it before leaving the cache. Please do not forget to lock the lock on the phone booth door to keep muggles out. Thank you for doing that. Note, read the entire description section. Skipping over it will only frustrate you at the cache and you would be better off finding Tupperware in the woods at that point. Use the information provided to your advantage and don't overthink it. This cache is available during daylight hours only. Expect to spend 30 minutes to one hour on this cache. The object of finding the final and signing the logbook is to have fun with this cache and dialing numbers. Dial any of the phone numbers found on the phone booth or in the phone book. Take a look around at the artwork and reminisce of days of yesteryear. You young kids can just Google what you see. Please know you will not be able to solve this cache by just looking at things and trying to figure them out. There is no puzzle or encrypted messages anywhere. I would highly suggest that you call 411 to get information on how to use the payphone, volume controls, etc. And don't forget, call waiting was not invented when people used payphones. If you have not been given any hints during your phone calls, then you need to call people phone numbers. Look at people you recognize in the phone book and call them. Take a look at the commercial business listings and call them. Calling commercial business listings or white page numbers that are in bold multiple times will allow you to hear different information each time you call them. Try it. If you are not receiving any hints, then you're not calling enough numbers. Reread the previous sentence and repeat it out loud. Once you have called enough people and have gotten all the information that you need, you simply have to drop a dime and call the cash owner. Note, dropping a dime is just an expression. On this payphone, any coin will work. Dimes, nickels, quarters, Canadian coins, etc. And you only need to use it when dialing the cash owner. I.e. the other num i.e. any other number, no coins are needed. If you are attempting to find this cache directly after another find, be sure you are starting from the beginning by pressing the red reset button. 
found at the top of the cache. Before you begin, only press it once and you will hear the initialization sound. Do not press the reset again to restart the cache as you continue with solving. That will only hinder your experience. The button is clearly marked. Note that the cache will automatically reset itself after it has been idle for 15 minutes. Please post pictures of yourself with the gadget cache in the logs, but please do not show or log any spoilers as they will be removed. It's all about having fun. Hint, drop a dime and give the cache owner a call. If you're having trouble, I will have someone call you and give you a hint. If you need info, dial 411, lock code 0619. It's exactly what you would expect. Um, it's in the back of a business and it's a, a full-scale phone booth. Um, and it is by far the, my favorite cache that I found. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, basically, the, the, the idea behind the cache is you go into the phone booth and you have a phone book. Um, and there's a lot of celebrities listed in the phone book and, and you get on the phone and you dial the number um, and you actually, it, the, the cash plays recordings from these different people. So, you know, it might be uh, Garth Brooks, you, you call up Garth Brooks and uh, you hear a song play by Garth Brooks. So, so you go through and there's all kinds of celebrities. Um, the idea behind the cash is you have to find the cash owner's phone number. Oh. Um, and when you, when you successfully find that, it's, there's a little bit of a challenge to it. When you successfully find it, um, the like coin vault where on, on a payphone mm -hmm. um, opens up and the cash is, is there for you. So it's oh, wow. just amazing the amount of work and, and effort and knowledge that went into uh, a cash like that. It, it's just um, truly memorable. It, it, it was amazing. That's pretty great. Do you remember like how many phone numbers you had to go through to find the right one? What? Well, I don't <laughs> want to give any, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but the phone book had easily a hundred to 200 different phone numbers. Oh, wow. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so potentially you could need a lot of time to go through them. Yeah, um, we were there probably about 45 minutes to an hour standing in the phone booth and trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out exactly what we needed to do to, uh, you know, to, to earn our prize. But um, wow. yeah, it, it, was, it was awesome. And, and when I find myself back in that area, it's probably about an hour to an hour and a half from my home. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely visit again when, you know, when I'm in the area. It was that good. Okay, would it be worth just, if you had the time, let's just say, just dial every number to see what the recording is? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there were some, some um, random numbers, you know, like just regular old numbers, um, but it, it was fun to see, you know, the different celebrities and, and, and uh, what clips the CO chose to use. And it, yeah, it was just fun. I mean, you could literally sit there and, and just do that, you know? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That, that sounds like a really fun geocache. And you said it's just in the back of a, a business? Yeah, as it turns out, the, um, the CO of the cache, um, his wife owns um, a hairstyling salon. Oh. So, you know, he, he was, he put it there in the back of her salon. So, you know, it's perfectly safe for him and he, you know, can check up on it pretty well. And, um, 
I'm sure he also gets a laugh and a charge out of the the visitors as they're working on it, you know? Oh, I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) That would almost be worth having a camera nearby just to (laughs) see what's going on at it. (laughs) Oh, that sounds really fun. It's been really fun to go back and pull these cache highlights and revisit them and even see how the podcast has evolved since season two. One, you can hear differences in the audio. Um, Also, in season two, I was still reading the cache descriptions. In in season three, I dropped that (laughs) just because it it saved me time. It was a lot easier. Um, I don't know. Do you miss me reading the old cache descriptions or do you prefer just plunging into the, the talk about the, the story of the find or the hide? What are your thoughts? If you have an opinion on that, I'd love to know. Um, send me an email, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what you think. And Happy holidays, everybody. You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you'd like to get in touch, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or go to geocacheadventures.org and you can find the information on the contact page. Theme music is by The Travel Bugs. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and pictures all submitted by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. My favorite part is the little snippets on the edges of the articles on all the different pages. Those are my favorites. Just go to ftfgeo.com to check them out and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. 